And welcome to another jerryfarney.com podcast, and I am your host, Jerry Farney. Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about radio frequency identification, or RFID, and its application to pharmacy. And to help me do that, I have a couple of very special guests on with me today. I have Cher Hussein, the president and CEO of MEPS Real Time, and Jay Williams, vice president of business development. For those of you who are not aware, not familiar with MEPS Real Time, they're a market leader in RFID technologies and pharmacy. They're located in California down in Carlsbad. You might know a couple of their products. Uh, their kit and tray management system, which is used to manage and track uh, medication trays, code trays, code bags, intubation kits, that kind of thing. And their IntelliGuard inventory management system, which consists of uh, RFID technologies coupled with temperature-controlled storage cabinets uh, like refrigerators. Uh, welcome, gentlemen, and thank you very much for joining me. It is a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Jerry. Glad to be with you and all of your listeners. Thank you, Jerry. Looking forward to it. Right on. So uh, the first question I have is actually for Jay. Uh, Jay, there's a lot of confusion around kind of the, the MEPS name brand and IntelliGuard and what that all means. Can you kind of give everybody kind of a a general rundown of how that all fits together? Absolutely. Um, so our company is MEPS Real-Time Inc. And everything that we manufacture, produce, sell is under the IntelliGuard brand name. So where you had said uh, our kit and tray management system, it's our IntelliGuard kit and tray management system. We, the cabinets that you referred to, the refrigerators are marketed under our IntelliGuard inventory management system. So IntelliGuard is our overarching brand name for all of our RFID solutions. Excellent, excellent. Now, MEPS actually stands for something. Now, I've asked you this question before, and people ask me what MEPS stands for. So what, what does MEPS stand for? M-E-P-S. So, so MEPS uh, stands for Medication Air Prevention Systems. Um, that goes back, obviously, um, to the real the, the foundation of the company um, and that was the the branding or the company that the, the brand slash company name eventually that um, MEPS went with um, as we started the technology um, under safety syringes so um, the whole concept uh, for the technology initially was to be a Mayor, uh, air mitigation um, system uh, utilizing RFID as the enabling technology. So that was uh, that was the foundation for um, for the the company name and the company. Excellent, excellent. Now the first time that I I saw Meps, I actually ran into you guys. Uh, you probably don't remember long ago at Hims in Las Vegas. It's been several several years ago now, mm -hmm. and you had an RFID enabled automated dispensing cabinet and it was part of a kind of an overreaching RFID theme. Now, Sherrick, is it safe to say that uh, trying to come out with an RFID enabled automated dispensing cabinet taught you guys that maybe there are some places where this technology fits and maybe some places where this technology doesn't fit? Yeah, so uh, as you said, you know, we're, we started uh, the company on the premise of uh, saving lives. So uh, 
being in San Diego, you're you're pretty close to some of the players um, uh, in the the medication cabinets uh, or, or um, ADC field. Uh, we felt that we can develop something that uh, would augment what they do, but actually can take it all the way to the patient bedside. So what you saw back then was our drawer based automated dispensing cabinet, and that was RFID enabled. And then there was a, a piece that was on the, the patient bedside. Um, uh, it sounded like a great idea. I think when you came in, you also said, hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, but, but over a period of time, we realized that uh, we needed to look at RFID in healthcare from a standpoint where you know it's good to save lives. You know, Everybody wants to save lives. That's part of the reason I'm in this business. Uh, but there has to be a bit more to it. There has to be some kind of an ROI uh, where somebody can look at it from, you know, hard dollars, hard cash and say, hey, I can apply this, spend this money and save this much uh, uh, at the end. And you're, you're right. I'm actually a fan of RFID technology. Uh, you know, and my initial kind of interest in it, I thought it should be applied to everything. And as I've learned over time, I think there are some definitely, there's some niches where it really fits. Now, your your two main products that I'm familiar with, and we'll, we'll kind of cover them one at a time, but the kit and tray management system and then the controlled temperature cabinets. I've, uh, I've been fortunate enough that I've seen both of these systems in actions, the kit and tray management and the, the controlled temperature cabinets in multiple facilities. Something that struck me uh, with the kit and tray management system, it has lots of functionality, but there's, there's two things that I thought was really interesting and unique about the system. And the first is it's on the front end where the way you guys serialize your tags and do your testing, which I thought was very interesting, which uh, limits the number of tags that fail in the actual pharmacy. Uh, you know, Sherrick or Jay, either one of you want to address that. I know we've talked about it before, but it, it's important because one of the big knocks against RFID is quote unquote, the failure rate of the tags. I didn't think the failure rate was that high to start with, but you guys actually take some preemptive strips, uh, steps to prevent that on the front end. Shark, you wanna take that? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, it's uh, RFID technology in the last 10 years has improved quite a bit, um, not just from the reader and antenna standpoint, but also from uh, the antenna that goes on the on the tag and the die, but there are still some manufacturing nuances that cause uh, some de uh, some die and antenna attachments to kind of come loose over a period of time. Uh, so a tag, for example, that gets fabricated somewhere in Taiwan, uh, passes quality, gets on a roll. By the time it actually gets to an applicator in U.S., could actually have some kind of a problem. So one of the things we do is we actually run everything through almost 100% QA. Um, and a part of the reason is because we don't want our user to, for example, put five items in, a, in, a, in, a, in an enclosure and read only four and then be frustrated by the fact that that, that particular RFID tag does not work. Um, we also take care of the serialization. That's just part of what we do. And that's, that's what we have always done. We don't uh, we don't do this on the fly um, like some of the other companies do. We actually take care of the serialization. So by the time our customers get the RFID tag, uh, the license plate is already attached and in, in most cases printed, a few digits of that license plate printed on the tag. Now, that's interesting because uh, that kind of future proofs you a little bit for track and trace, which we know is coming. 
And we don't know exactly what that's going to mean, but we know at some point we're going to have to track the drug from manufacturer all the way to the patient bedside. And that serialization is going to be important. It's something that other manufacturers uh, are actually going to have to deal with. So thanks. Uh, and now I also know, and we can actually, we can actually uh, segue straight off of that into... I know you guys have put a lot of uh, research and development into your tag sizes uh, as well as your antennas. And I know talking to, it's Paul, correct? Paul Elizondo, he's our VP of Engineering and R&D. Yeah, guy, guy just blew my socks off. I mean, he talked to me for hours about just the engineering of the tags and the antennas. So I know you guys have done some very special things around uh, the tag size. You want to talk uh, to us a little bit about the importance of not only the tag size, but the reliability of that and how the antennas play such an important role inside a tight space like um, basically the oven where you guys check things. So yeah, I, I'll try to keep it um, at a level where most of the, the audience can understand. I mean, if I, I can't even get near what Paul can get, uh, get talking about. So uh, it's, it is a little bit about physics, um, RFID, you know, actually not a little, it's all of it is about physics. Um, and as you add more variables uh, to the technology, uh, the complicated it gets. We are regulated by FCC uh, at five watts. And uh, so you, that's just to give you an idea, the leakage that you get out of your standard microwave is actually higher than what we can radiate energy at. Um, I mean, uh, you're, and then we, so we can't go above five watts. We have to, I mean, we work with a passive technology, which basically means these RFID tags don't have any power attached to them. So we have to generate enough power to excite every single RFID tag in that oven or the, the enclosure um, that, and then actually get a response back from it. Now, keeping in mind that there could be liquid, there could be metal, and all of those things actually inside the unit. I know you've seen the trays and you've seen the RCTCs uh, where the liquid uh, absorbs RF and uh, and uh, metal could actually detune the RFI, RF tags. So what we, we you know, we, we started just like everybody else, we started with larger size tags, but we realized that in order for us to work effectively in a pharmaceutical market, uh, a pharmacy in particular, where now, uh, Jerry, you're a pharmacist, so you know some of those vials are one ML vials. We can't deal with the large RFID tags. They're visibly intrusive. Uh, they get in the way. I mean, when you're trying to um, grab a one ml vial and this tag is kind of sticking out and, you know, it's wrapping around it, it actually, um, it, you know, it, it, it's cumbersome. So what we did, we went back and went back to uh, Crazy Paul and said, look, Paul, we need to use a smaller tag and it has to work with all the other constraints that I just listed and, and can't have a big antenna, can't have uh, a big profile, and what we were able to do is design, engineer actually, design, engineer, and patent uh, a technology that uh, you see in our, our, our kit and tray management system. Excellent, perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. And I, I want to come back to one other thing with kit and tray management, and this is this is for you, Jay, because I know we've talked about this. I know you guys spent an awful lot of time around the workflow. And one of the things I really didn't understand when I first saw the system uh, until uh, one of your great uh, employees explained it to me was you guys don't encode your tags up front. So you, you tag everything, 
mm-hmm. and then you put them uh, in the, the kit and tray management system, then you encode them. And it was actually a very pointed error reduction strategy so that people, you didn't have tags floating around that were already encoded that ended up on something else. Is that, is that accurate? That is accurate. Um, you know, that was, that was in, in, in a roundabout way, it goes back to, um, you asked early on about the name of the company. Um, and, you know, we did not want to be um, putting, putting a workflow out there that potentially generated um, medication errors because a wrong tag could get onto, uh, as you said, a free-floating tag that maybe has been encoded gets put onto an incorrect box. Um, and so we took a really strong stance that, um, first of all, our tag was going to have no printing on it. Um, so we tell all of our customers um, that the label that should be read is the FDA-approved label that the manufacturer has gone through all the processing with um, the FDA on. So that's that's one one other piece of, of our encoding process that's really important is that we don't do any printings. And then as far as the workflow that you mentioned, yes, you know we we put tags unassociated tags onto all of the medications that are going to be encoded. So you're always dealing with like NDC code, like expiration date, and like lot number. And those items will get tagged, put into our our workstation, our encoding workstation. And then the last item can be scanned, the barcode can be scanned to populate uh, the user interface with the drug manufacturer information, the NDC, and then manually the expiration date and the lot number is entered in. And then that last item can be put into the encoding workstation, the door closed, press scan, and all of those items are then, those tags are now associated with the data that you entered into the user interface so that there is no opportunity for a tag floating around that is looking for a box to be, you know, a box or a vial to be applied to that has already been done before the encoding process. And we consider that to be our safe code, our safe tag encoding process. Yeah, and like I said, when I first saw it, it didn't quite make sense to me. Yeah. I watched them do it a few times, and I thought, you know, aren't you kind of, you know, isn't this isn't this kind of the backwards way to do it? And then after you watch them do it, you start to understand, yeah, having having a tag floating around or multiple tags floating around that has different information on it that can end up on a wrong drug is problematic. It's the same reason, for example, why in the IV room is that you, you like to have uh, you know, you like to be working with one label at a time. You don't like to have 40 or 50 labels floating around and 10 labels in your right. hood. So after after it was explained to me, uh, you know, it was one of those aha moments that made sense. Yeah, and the other thing too is, you know, the, as part of the workflow, you can very quickly, very rapidly, you know, sometimes the question comes up, well, how long does it take to encode RFID tags? And the whole, you know, the whole process of putting a blank RFID tag onto a box or onto a vial it's very, very quick. It does not take all that long to, um, you know, take a, t- a tag off of a, a roll or we singulate them, meaning they're in boxes already torn apart, and peel the adhesive off, put it onto the box, put it on the vial. You become very, very quick at it. And so the idea of having to, you know, make sure that you'd be double checking to read the tag to make sure that gets that's that's a part of the workflow that you just don't need to worry about. It it really does speed up the process too. Right, and and uh, and I've I actually had uh, the privilege recently 
of being with a hospital as they went through an implementation. I wasn't there as part of your implementation. I just happened to be there when your system was implemented. And uh, once they got a hold uh, of the concept and once they grasped the workflow, things started moving uh, much more rapidly for them. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a change in workflow. It's like any type of technology. I would agree with that. Yep. So I'm going to turn now, I'm going to focus just uh, a little bit on your controlled temperature cabinets, your CTCs. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think most people understand uh, exactly how this works for you guys. You guys uh, have an inventory management system that you actually have partners out there that you utilize that utilize your systems as part of a consignment model. We do. Okay. Uh, and unlike some other vendors, you guys have uh, made a conscious choice to bring the production of these cabinets in house. And I know, Sherrick, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I got to visit your facility. I was really impressed with everything that was going on behind the scenes. Now, why would you choose to bring this in-house versus having this done somewhere else or by a third party? Uh, Jerry, uh, multiple reasons. Uh, primary reason, quality. Um, I mean, as I, as I mentioned earlier, that we do 100% QA on every single tag that we ship to our customers. Um, you know, by having to build these uh, these cabinets, or actually assemble these cabinets, because we do get the parts from different uh, um, suppliers uh, all over U.S., uh, we we are at, we are able to do again 100% QA in every single cabinet that goes out of here and uh, goes into the field. Again, um, with RFID, a uh, lot of other people play a probability game that yeah, you know, it's 95. 96, 97% accurate. We we don't have that. We we just can't have that. I mean, we can't miss a drug. Um, so uh, quality part of it. Um, and and then secondly is the, some of the technology that we are using. You know, it is patented, but then then there are other things in there that are trade secrets to us. Um, I think as a company, we're not ready to divulge those uh, trade secrets uh, to a third party yet. We would like to. Uh, um, you know, keep them as close to our chest uh, as much as we can. And then, you know, maybe sometime in future when we've got enough of a, uh, a critical mass of these cabinets out there uh, and it's not as imp- critical or important, we'll, uh, we'll uh, allow some third party to develop these. Okay. Now, uh, Jay, you guys have several different versions of these cabinets, right? Not... I, I think most people, if they see it, they're familiar with the, uh, I was, I was most familiar with the refrigerators because of the factor storage, IVIG, and that kind of thing. But you actually have different versions of this cabinet. You have uh, not only refrigerated, but you have uh, controlled room temperature in various sizes. Is that correct? We do. So uh, we, we manufacture um, four different sizes from a, two small undercounter uh cabinets, um, 2.3 and 5.2 cubic foot up to more upright cabinets that are 12 cubic foot and 26 cubic foot. And all four sizes are available either as cold 2 to 8 C or um, controlled room temperature 20 to 25 C. Now, um, either one of you could answer this, uh, but the refrigerators use the standard, I don't, I don't know what I mean really by standard, but they use the standard refrigerant, right? They have a compressor and that compressor uses a coolant and, and that's kind of how the refrigerators work. Is that correct? 
That that is correct. They're they're pharmacy grade cabinets. They're pharmacy grade refrigerators that um, that you know we, we set the temperature on before they leave our facility, either for two to eight or twenty to twenty five C. But yeah, they use a compressor and refrigerant, and they're laboratory pharmacy grade um, uh, cabinets. So no no special construction. You can roll these into place and plug them in. Yep. Okay. And um, anything else either one of you would like to add about the controlled temperature cabinets? I mean, to me, it seemed pretty straightforward. I know there's other companies out there doing similar things uh, with their wholesalers. And I know that's kind of what you guys are doing with uh, one particular vendor where you're supplying uh, the cabinets and the refrigerators and they're supplying the product. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we have a, a relationship, a channel partner, Triple um, F Enterprises, Three F Enterprises out of Temecula, and and it's a it's a it's a natural fit for RFID um, because you are dealing with um, high cost, high value um, drugs that um, all hospitals use. So you know there's there's a range of products that they that they provide not just factors um to their customers and um so that's that that relationship um as a channel partner works great you know they've they've deployed a couple hundred of those cabinets across the u.s and you know in the roundabout way are developing in in several key markets um that i think this is one of those things that makes makes our are what we're able to do pretty unique in that um, they have through a portal visibility to those um, to those cabinets. So they're in a position um, to help customers to if if for some reason one particular customer um, in a market is running low on a particular product and needs a product, they have visibility instantaneous, as we say, and it's part of our company name, real-time visibility to the inventory in in cabinets in that same market and can do an immediate transfer um, as necessary. So there is a level of much improved customer service that can come along with these cabinets in, in that type of, of model. And that that improved customer service um, really equates to what we all know. And, and it's all about the patient and the patient, you know, being able to get the therapy they need and the time they need it. And so that's a, that's a key piece the, the, that we do that, um, that I, I, is, is quite different and that, you know, we have a portal um, that is a visibility portal, real time visibility portal that um, either, our channel partner is able to work with their customers or the customers themselves are able to see their own inventory. So um, our our systems themselves, uh, we do not have screens on them um, so that inventory is always looked at from a portal environment. Now, that's interesting that you mentioned it. I, I, uh, I was going to bring that up. But now that you mentioned it, one of the things, one of the advantages I see of RFID technology is that you do have real-time inventory. You can check inventory uh, anytime you like, as often as you like. Absolutely. That's it. as a matter of fact. When you you know um, that that's the other part of the name. So you know when you talk about um, MEPS um, and and we described what MEPS stands for. Well, the other key part of the company name is real time, and that's there in particular because of what you're able to do with with RFID. As you said, at any given time, you can look at 
um, whether it's from a portal or, or, you know, some other access device that you want to, you know, look into um, could be one of the trades uh, through our kit and tray management system. Um, you you want to have real-time visibility for a, a recall. Um, it will tell you instantaneously, you know, what trays, where those trays have been deployed to through our virtual logbook. Um, so you've constantly got, you know, you're not counting on somebody scanning, um, you know, whether they scanned the, the correct number of items out using barcode or there was an accurate manual count entered into the system. With RFID, what you put in, what you take out, the system tells you what you put in and what you took out. So you constantly have that real-time um, accuracy that is so important today in healthcare. Jerry, if you if you don't mind, I'm going to add to uh, the visibility piece. Uh, you know what's you know we talked about the customers, FFF customers uh, having the visibility. One of the things FFF is able to provide is to their pharma partners the downstream visibility. Uh, if you're a pharma company, uh, you know you would love to know what is where your product is at any given time. Uh, how is it trending? You know, what's the what are the inventory levels and what is the usage? I mean, as Jay mentioned, FFF uh, sells a lot of factors. You know, a lot of uh, plasma derivatives. Uh, so if you're a manufacturer of a plasma derivative product, which where the raw material comes from, humans, uh, you can cater your production runs based on what you see downstream. Right. And that's, that is one of the things I do like about RFID technology is the ability to uh, get a quick inventory, a quick idea of exactly what you have whenever you want. And uh, it can be from any place. It doesn't have to be standing right there next to it. So I, I do appreciate that part of the technology. So thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, one final thing is uh, I'd like to know if you guys have anything in the hopper, anything I'm not aware of that's coming down the, the pipe that you can talk about, anything in development that uh, people might like to know about that's not super top secret <laughs> i didn't mean um, to put you on the spot but i got i gotta ask uh, you want to take that shark you want me to yeah uh, I, I i'll be very political uh of course uh for a company like us uh we always have to have uh things in the hopper um you know without giving it too much away i would just say um <laughs> actually i'm not going to give anything away on this one. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. That's all right. uh, I would just say, uh, stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, there are a lot of exciting things coming, um, and maybe Jay, you can address, you can answer some of the things in in, in your own special way. Uh, go ahead. Well, I, I I think the, you know, Jerry, you 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 know, um, I think it was a year ago. Um, yeah, a year ago, December. Um, at ASHP, we showed um, Smart Drawer, and you know I think that, to, to Shark's point, you know, and and as you already mentioned, our ADCs and our drawer environments, um, you know, those are things that we as a company are able to do because of our technology, because of our patents. So, um, you know, the the whole idea that RFID. Um, can be read in a small environment and we keep pushing not not only small tags but but small environments that you know fit into the pharmacy workflow or fit the type of form factors that you have in 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 the hospital that is something that we really 
do extremely well. And so we are always looking at um, areas of the hospital. You use the word, you know, niche um, areas. You know, it, to me, it's just areas where RFID today, um, you know, given the technology that's available, given where hospitals are focused, um, you know, the, the need to have improved efficiency, the need to um, you know, obviously always be improving healthcare um, or improving patient care. You know, we're always going to be looking for areas that RFID makes sense as a solution. So um, we believe that there are plenty of other opportunities in the hospital where, you know, whether it's one of our kit and trace systems and one of the enclosures or things that we have done in drawer environments in the past that, um, we can continue to, to um, push RFID out into the hospital, into other departments. Again, today we're at, we're, where it makes sense. Um, and uh, we believe that there's a lot of exciting opportunities there. Um, and, and I think most importantly is that hospitals are, are now um, really, I think, accept, not, not just accepting RFID, but expecting RFID to be a part of their solution set. So whether that's in the pharmacy or in other departments, the expectation is that RFID is gonna be something they're, they're gonna have to look at, not, not across the board, not for every medication if we're talking about the pharmacy, but, but for specific solutions where RFID provides visibility, provides a level of safety, provides a level of efficiency that can't be accomplished utilizing available technologies such as barcode or for that matter, manually counting things. RFID has got a lot of other applications and we want to be on the forefront of that and making sure that, um, that, that we're providing those solutions for customers. Like I said, I, I, I buy into RFID technology for certain niches and I, I think you guys have, have really hit on a couple and I can think of a couple others and I, I would expect to probably see you in that space at some time soon. Um, and uh, for those of you listening, it's uh, MEPS Realtime is the name of the company. They can be found at www.mepsrealtime, all one word, .com, and I will leave a link to that in the show notes. Gentlemen, I thank you very much for your time. Uh, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, is there anything either one of you would like to add? i just like to say thank you to you um, for what you do and, and for your podcast, for including us. We've enjoyed the opportunity to um, talk to you and communicate to your listeners. And she said, if anybody has any questions, go to our website or, you know, pick up the phone, call us. We're, we're uh, always available to talk to, like to learn ourselves all the time. So the opportunity to have an opportunity to, to talk to people um, is great for us, too. So um, thank you for your time, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. I, I echo the, the same sentiments as, as Jay, and it's, it was uh, fun to just talk to you. And uh, uh, as, as Jay said, you know, anybody looking for something or has an idea, give us a call. We're uh, only a phone call away. Jay, you want to throw that phone number out there? Do you have it? Uh, phone number into the office is uh, 760-448-9500. And I'll throw that in the show notes as well. Gentlemen, I thank you for your time, and uh, you have a wonderful Thanks, day. Thanks, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Bye-bye.